Want to know why Michelle and I are so high on TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller in fantasy football? It's time to look at our tight end rankings as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ironwood. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk. I'm a researcher for the NFL Network and a fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right. We've had rankings all week here, Michelle, so we're going to finish it up here. We've looked at quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, what's left, tight ends. We're going to go 1 through 24, look at our rankings, compare, contrast, analyze, break it all down for you. So good week of rankings here, good way to end the week. Welcome to Lockdown Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Lockdown Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. Thanks for making us your first Listen every day as we help you try to dominate your 2023 fantasy football drafts. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, let's dive right into it. And with tight end, I think we're a little bit on the same page on a lot of these guys. And I think sometimes it's really hard to rank once you get out of the top grouping here. So let's uh, go down here. Um, we agreed on the top four. They're all the same. Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, and Darren Waller. We deviate at five where I am uh, looking at uh, George Kittle still being important here. You have Kittle at six. You have Dallas Goddard at five. Kyle Pitts at six for me. Kyle Pitts at seven for you. I've Goddard down at seven. And then different guys round out our top eight here. We'll look at, go through the 24 through the course of the show. Michelle is in Ingram, and I've got Dalton Schultz. So let's start here. I mean, this is great. We have some harmony to end the week here. We are banging the table for TJ Hawkinson. A lot of places you see him behind Mark Andrews. A lot of places you see him even behind George Kittle at this point. So uh, here, let's just bang the drum not slowly, but quickly here for TJ Hawkinson. I'll let you go first, Michelle. Why are we so high on Hawk this year? Yeah, I mean, I was getting a little scared because he wasn't at training camp for a while here, but it turns out I think it was just a really nasty ear infection if everyone's telling the truth, so he should be fine for the season. But he had the second most receptions among tight ends last year behind only Travis Kelsey. And uh, that was, sorry, that was from weeks 9 through 18 once he got traded to the Vikings. Um and he was killing it during that span of fantasy points with over 13 fantasy points per game, which was behind only Travis Kelsey and George Kittle during that time. And then we go into the playoffs and it's not like it slowed down at all. They only got to play one playoff game because they lost against the Giants. But in that wild card game, 11 targets, 10 receptions, 129 yards. He was being used a ton in this offense. And we know like he came out in from like in this draft or in his draft classes a tight end that was supposed to be super special. And we didn't really get to see that with the Lions. They, he had a lot of injuries. They didn't no. utilize him <laughs> consistently. But I, I think 
Kirk Cousins is going to look for TJ Hawkinson regularly this season, even with the addition of Jordan Addison. Yeah, and with Hawkinson, I think he was underutilized a bit with Detroit, and he couldn't stay on the field, and that was part of it. And we know he's uh, buddies with George Kittle, and they have some similar durability issues on top of uh, coming out of Iowa. We'll talk about the new Hawkinson, who might be the new Kittle as well, a little bit later out of Iowa. But you look at Hawkinson, just a superb athlete, and I think he's really helped by Adam Thielen gone because, again, middle of the field, reliable target, red zone, all that stuff that you look at. So Jordan Addison is going to be pretty good here, but he's a smaller body. Hawkinson's the guy who can go up and get it. We know Adam Thielen was very good with Kirk Cousins for that. He lived a lot on his touchdown value. So that's what I like is that you're going to get touchdowns out of Hawkinson as well as stretching the field. I remember, I think it was his first game against the Cardinals, and he just blew up for the Lions. And I said, okay, we're in business with this guy. But then eh, you drafted him, and you were like, okay, he's okay. But last year with the Vikings, and it was a very surprising trade, you know, division trade in the middle of the season. Then here's the Hawkinson that we were looking for for a long time. It just had to be in a different team in the NFC North. So on board with Hawkinson, look, Mark Andrews is special, but Hawkinson is in a little better situation, I think. I mean, Andrews has to compete with some now wide receivers in the mix all of a sudden where Hawkinson is going to be at worst a 1A, 1B proposition with uh, Jordan Addison, maybe a little K.J. Osborne there behind Justin Jefferson. But I still think he's going to be the second target for Kirk Cousins, and that's what we love about these early tight ends. Now, we also have an agreement at number four, Michelle. We'll get into this one. Darren Waller that we're going with. And again, he might actually be the primary target at this rate. I mean, who are the Giants throwing to? They got Sterling Shepard back, Darius Slayton back. Who's out there? I mean, there's Jalen Hyatt as a big play threat. You got Wondell Robinson. Who knows what you're going to get from him? You have Isaiah Hodgins. I mean, this is just a mixed bag. And what is this? And then you have Darren Waller in here. So is that kind of why you like Waller here? Because look, Daniel Jones is a young quarterback. You've got two offensive guys who like the tight end, uh, going back to Travis Kelsey and Mike Kafka and Dawson Knox with Brian Dable. Everything seems to line up here for Waller. And I I think that's probably where you're thinking as well. But uh, go ahead and uh, break down why we think Waller is going to be Waller again. Uh, Yeah, I mean, basically it comes down to him being healthy. So he's scored the fourth most fantasy points per game among tight ends since 2019, only behind Kelsey, Kittle, and Andrews. His issue is he's been dealing with injuries over the last couple of years. But this is even, those fantasy points was even including last season where he was pretty disappointing overall. But in 2021, he was a tight end six in points per game. 2020 was a tight end two and 2019 tight end six again in points per game. And you already said it like he could be the top target in this offense and everything we're hearing out of camp is that he is, there was even a really funny report that said that they like the, the coaches are like taking Darren Waller off the field to make sure that Daniel Jones will pass to somebody else because he's just going to Waller over and over and over again. But we know how explosive Waller is. He had 28 total receptions last year and nine of them went for 20 plus yards. Absurd rate. So if he gets the targets in any offense, he's going to be great. But Daniel Jones, I, I think will be looking for Waller very, very consistently if he's healthy on the field. Yeah, and some of these quarterbacks that really use the tight end as a security blanket, they're great in fantasy, and uh, definitely Daniel Jones is going to facilitate a lot of Waller scoring here. So we're excited about that. 
Now, we have a little difference of opinion. I think you're still high on the guy at number eight in Dalton Schultz. We've talked about him quite a bit, being a key part of that Texans offense that has a lot of vacated targets, trying to figure out Tank Dell, Robert Woods, and all those guys that they have. And then you you have Evan Ingram on your list. So I think when I look at it, Dalton Schultz, I think he's going to have to be a key target right away for C.J. Stroud. I saw Stroud in his debut struggle to push the ball downfield. He's going to have to throw shorter passes here to Schultz and Dell probably a lot. There's not a lot also on the field. You got Woods, you got Mechie, you got maybe Nico Collins stretching the field from time to time, but I don't think they're going to be able to stretch the field with C.J. Stroud as much as they like. So Schultz underneath, he's been very valuable to the Cowboys. He now goes from Dallas to Houston, and we've talked about Brandon Cooks. It's kind of their traded places, right? Brandon Cooks is uh, in the Schultz role. Schultz is in the Cooks role kind of on these two teams. So I, that's why I like Schultz in the top eight. I don't mind him at all being that aggressive. And with Ingram, I think, Michelle, just the concern is, and maybe you can address that, is just too many weapons, right? Christian Kirk, Zay Jones on top of Calvin Ridley and Travis Etienne and who else ever they want to throw in this mix. So that's my concern is that Ingram will be maybe the fourth option at best in Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm like already regretting putting Evan Ingram at number eight. It's just one of those things where he could definitely finish at number eight at the end of the year. Like he had a really, you know, at, at the end of the season when it was all said and done, Evan Ingram looked like he had a pretty solid fantasy year last year. But so many of his points did come in one game. He had like 38 points in one game at one point. But he did start to come along towards the end of the year. And I do think he's in the much better offense than Dalton Schultz, right? So yeah, there might be better playmakers around, but also there should be more scoring opportunities. He only scored four touchdowns last year. So I think there's room for growth there. And I just like how many times are the Texans really going to be down near the goal line to target yeah. Schultz in the end zone? You know, I, I think Ingram is going to have a lot more of those opportunities because of all the weapons around him. And with Schultz, I was, I, I am still high on him because I think in PPR league specifically, he should get a good amount of targets and he's been good for fantasy over the last few years with the Cowboys but I'm feeling a little less confident now about how many targets he will get because I'm getting so high in tank down and we saw him, you know, he's breaking out early in his yeah. rookie year so far in camp. And then John Mechie is back healthy and Nico Collins is getting good reports. So maybe he doesn't need as many targets as we thought he originally did, but I'm not taking Evan Ingram in my draft. So I have him as tight on eight. I'm not drafting him though. So uh, take that for what it is. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and for what it's worth, you have Schultz at nine. So we're just uh, yeah. splitting a little bit of a difference here. But yeah, we're probably on the same page a little bit with Evan Ingram. I mean, I don't have him that far down either at 12. So it's not like I have him out of tight end uh, situation as a potential starter here. But I think what it is, Michelle, would you agree that some of these guys, eh, you start to have question marks, right, at uh, starting at nine through 16? Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to jump into those tight ends from 9 to 16. I know we definitely disagree on my Steelers guy, Pat Fryermuth. But before we jump into those guys, let's talk about our sponsor, LinkedIn. So these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We all know how important it is to start the year strong. The right team member might help you do that. It is 
super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn jobs and their simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, Vinny run us down both of our rankings for our tight ends nine through 16. Yeah, it's a uh, quite interesting list. Uh, we'll go through yours first. Dalton Schultz at nine. We have Sam Laporta coming in at 10. I think we'll talk about him in this segment as well as Pat Freemuth. 11 is Hunter Henry, the aggressive ranking there. I like it. Greg Dulcich at 12. For Pat Freemuth, Freemuth, 13. Zach Ertz uh, coming off the knee injury. He looks uh, healthy here. He's 14 on your list. 15 is David Njoko. 16, Chig Aconquo. Now let's go through mine. I have Pat Freemuth at 9. I have Aconquo at 10. Laporta, just about where you have him at 11. Evan Ingram, as I mentioned, uh, the last tight end one on my board at 12. Greg Dulcich, 13. David Njoku, 14. Juwan Johnson makes an appearance at 15. And Dalton Kincaid rounds out my top uh, 16 there, 9 through 16. So let's start with the, the two things that stand out here. Pat Freemuth, we totally disagree on here the way we're looking at it. it's only four spots but that's still enough of a disagreement where we think he's going and then sam laporta we love sam laporta and this is the guy that i was talking about could be the new hawkinson slash kittle or join the club of iowa tight end so let's uh talk about both those guys here and uh, I'll, I'll still let you start with your steelers guy and uh, why you're down on him and i think you have a good reason yeah, so I think most of the fantasy community agrees with you, right? His ADP is right around where you have him ranked. So I'm definitely on one side and everyone else is on the other. I could be dead wrong, but he just doesn't have enough upside for me to take a shot on him, even though he's going, you know, in the eighth, ninth round of draft. So it's not a super high pick, but he was just a tight end 11 last year in points per game with 98 targets and 63 receptions. I don't think that happens again this year I really I no one is paying attention to how good Connor Hayward is he's a second year tight end for the Steelers uh, he's too special to keep off the field Pat Firemouth will of course still be the tight end one the starter they're totally different types of players Connor Hayward's kind of like that that uh what am I trying to say here that uh just that piece checkers no help me chess piece thank you i could not think of the word chess he's that chess piece that you can utilize all over the field and i think he's going to be on the field a lot more this year and get those targets which could eat into fryer move snaps and targets there and then they also drafted darnell washington i don't think he hurts them that much but you have to also consider deontay johnson getting so many targets george pickens is going to get more targets than he did last year they brought in Allen Robinson in a trade. He's going to get more. Calvin Austin, second-year wide receiver, is getting hyped. He didn't even play last year. I don't see where 98 targets is coming to Friermuth. They're and also all they've said is they want to focus on the run this year too. So I don't, I don't really understand where this piece of the pie is coming for him. And throughout his two seasons in the NFL, he's only had four games of 15 plus fantasy points. Upside's not there, and I don't think the floor is there this year for him. So I have him ranked lower. Yeah, and maybe that's the whole thing is that you're playing checkers if you draft 
Pat Frymuth and you're maybe playing chess if you draft somebody else. <laughs> I think that's what you're getting at. The checkers is a great game, but it's kind of boring and uh, it, it gets tiring after a while. Chess is more interesting. You think about it, get some uh, plays and the end game is more important. So I think uh, you're right on. I don't think he's exciting. I just think you do have to draft a more exciting guy after him. I will say that. I'm not going to just sit on him and say, okay, I'm good. I'm putting him in my lineup every week. I definitely want to back up. But I think if you're stuck a little bit, I, I think he's a guy you look at and that is safe eh, to some degree. But I, I think you definitely want to have a tight end with upside. Anyone you draft in this area, right? You want to have two tight ends and not just sit on that guy as a starter. Now, Sam Laporta, we both have as a potential starter now. Could we be reading too much into the hype? Potentially, but I'm also looking at the numbers. There are not a lot of uh, targets that are accounted for right now based on Jameson Williams' suspension. Is Marvin Jones going to come back and be what he was for a short period of time in Detroit? Are these other guys going to step up after Amon Ross St. Brown? I don't see it. I don't see Brock Wright either giving him a key run at tight end. So, the numbers are there, and we know directly, right? They had an Iowa tight end, Hawkinson. They threw to him. Jared Goff liked him, so now they have Laporta replacing him. So it's a direct line of production sitting there for Laporta. The really only question mark is everyone says, okay, rookie tight ends, you got to wait till year two. But sometimes you don't if the situation is great. I think this situation is too ideal, and the talent is – let's not forget, this guy was a legit athlete at Iowa, maybe a bit overlooked – when you look at the Michael Mayers and Dalton Kincaids and looking later in the draft, Luke Musgrave. So I think Laporta is just good rising talent in the ideal situation. Yeah, he's in the perfect situation. And even say, uh, Jameson Williams, uh, you know, news came out on Thursday saying that he hurt his hamstring and he's likely to miss the rest of the preseason. Well, this dude like hasn't been on the field at all in his career. And now he's going to miss the first six weeks of the season as well with the suspension. It's all just not really lining up great for Jamison Williams. We may have another year wasted for him. There is so much room for targets here. And Sam Laporta, like you mentioned, is super talented. So last year he generated the third most yards after catch. Uh, among FBS tight ends last season. And that was behind only Brock Browers, who's a tight end for Georgia, who's going to be an easy first-round pick next year, and Dalton Kincaid, who was drafted in the first round by the Bills. That's the only two guys he was behind. 34th overall pick. Like, they have a reason they want to use him. That's a super, super high pick they use on drafting him. And offensive coordinator Ben Johnson has already said that Laporta has earned the right to play with the starters and get a lot of snaps. So, yeah, maybe we're looking into it and just getting way too excited about the hype, but he's in such a prime opportunity. I'm willing to take a shot on a rookie tight end in this situation. Yeah. So, yeah, go after Sam Laporte. You might uh, get a good value with him. I, I don't think anyone else is going to rank him this high. So keep take advantage of that. Make sure that you understand where he is at your leagues or where the cheat sheet puts him at and, and get a good steal here, maybe a little bit later, and you can wait on him. So something to keep in mind now. You have a couple tight ends that I do not have in this grouping. I do kind of like one of them. I do like Hunter Henry quite a bit. You have him at number 11. I mean, you look at the two years ago with Mac Jones. He was definitely a key target here, and he just was hurt and had to deal with the whole Johnny Smith transition was ugly. Mike Kosecki's not going to cut in too much. So I do like Hunter Henry, and I think – I like Zach Ertz more because I like to say Ertz. And I feel like they did that a lot at the Women's World Cup because they just like to say Ertz, Ertz, Ertz every time. 
So I think that's what happened. So he has a great name, and I love Zach Ertz. He's won me a lot of championships here in the past. But knee injury, older tight end. I get the vacated targets. He was very good when DeAndre Hopkins was not there and uh, came over midseason from the Eagles. So that's the best, though, I think we've seen out of Ertz. And I'm really a little bit worried about Trey McBride. I think he's going to have a bigger role as we go forward because he's one of those athletic young tight ends that we haven't seen. So I'm on board with Hunter Henry, and I I might have undervalued him, but I am not drafting Zach Ertz, even though he's got me some love in the past. Yeah, honestly, I think I might have Zach Ertz too low because – once there it just came out right just in the last couple days here that Zach Ertz is clear to play he's good to go for the season we didn't know if that was for sure that's why I was keeping an eye on Trey McBride because he was going to get an opportunity if Zach Ertz wasn't there but if Zach Ertz makes his team and they're keeping him he's playing over Trey McBride he's going to get the majority of snaps it's just like it's how it's going to work with a veteran like Zach Ertz. And last season, he averaged the sixth most fantasy points per game among tight ends last year. He had 10 plus points in PPR leagues and eight of his nine games played 10 plus targets in four of his six games from weeks one through six with Hopkins suspended last year. 10 plus targets for a tight end is insane. And we've been talking about like the wide receivers there. Yeah. Marquise Brown should get a good amount of targets. Maybe Rondell Moore, maybe rookie Michael Wilson, but it's going to probably be Zach Ertz and James Conner and Marquise Brown that the the backup quarterback is depending on. And really, when you get down towards the goal line, if they're targeting anyone in the end zone, it's probably not going to be five foot two Marquise Brown. It's going to be big old Zach Ertz. So I, I think he is one guy that we're just completely overlooking because he's old and boring and not flashy. And everyone wants to draft the Sam Laportas over the Zach Ertz, which makes sense. It's more fun. But Zach Ertz is going to win win you games. Yeah, I, I I mean I've liked his body work in the past. Like his athletic profile has been fantastic, and he's produced. and And this is why he's still a valuable player, still at his age. So we'll watch that situation carefully. I just don't know if I'm going to invest too much in the Cardinals passing game. I think I'm in on Hollywood Brown, but everyone else, I, I just don't like the flow. And it's going to be new offense. It's not what we're used to with Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not exactly sure what you're going to get in this uh, Browns-like offense that they've borrowed. Like, could be a David Njoku situation, right, for Zach Ertz, but it also could blow up and not be very interesting. So we're going to watch that carefully, but Ertz, definitely the talent is still there at his age to produce if he can hold up McBride. Now, I'm going to look at my two guys that were on here that you didn't have, Juwan Johnson. I just like him as a complimentary receiver. You were looking at Michael Thomas, and if he can't stay on the field, and Rashid Shahid is a big play threat, they need someone that Derek Carr can trust outside of Chris Olave and Juwan Johnson could get some key targets there. Uh, and they also moved on to Adam Troutman. They moved him to Denver to uh, reunite with uh, Sean Payton there. So I think Juwan Johnson has a bigger opportunity here at 15. I, I think I'm actually more interested in him than David Njoku, who have I, I ranked one spot ahead. And I look at Dalton Kincaid. Look, this is just upside. I don't know exactly what I'm going to get from the Bills passing game. Like we like Gabriel Davis and the potential, but is Khalil Shakir going to be in the mix here? Who's going to be the next guy after Stephon Diggs? Are they going to use Kincaid as a receiver more so and not interfere with Dawson Knox or cut into a lot of his work? So I think this is just an upside play to get Kincaid. Johnson is more, the situation's okay. Kincaid is more about the talent. Yeah, Kincaid he does have that upside because he's a super talented young tight end and he's in a great offense. 
his whole thing that is different than Sam Laporta is Sam Laporta has no one to compete with for tight end snaps. And yeah. Dawson Knox, like, like he's going to get his snaps and his targets and he's like Josh Allen's bestie. So I don't know how much space there really is for Kincaid to blow up in year one. So I have him ranked a little bit lower at tight end 19. I do see the, the ceiling there for him, but I think the floor is just way too low. And then when it comes to Jawan Johnson, I thought I was really going to like him, but then they bring in, well, they have Foster Moreau, who's going to be back playing now. They have uh, Taysom Hill, and then they signed Jimmy Graham for no reason. I don't, I don't really understand. So they have so many different tight ends there, and you don't know which one's going to play the most. Jawan Johnson did though, like he he did the thing last year. He was pretty good towards the end of the year. So yeah. if he is the one that gets the start and gets to play the most, I definitely could see him being a nice sneaky value there. I just think I don't know what's happening in that tight end room with New Orleans, so I, I'm staying away. Yeah, I think this is the portion of the tight end rankings where we're guessing a little bit we're using the talent and the situation to figure out as best as possible how these teams use it these players but it's very difficult And this is why i'm looking at travis kelsey or in a lot of leagues and we said go after tj hawkinson as well so you don't have to deal with this stuff but if you have to uh get a mix of maybe reliable and upside i think that's the way i would go that way you have maybe playing the matchups and all that. So we'll give you a few more names to consider in the ranking 17 through 24 as we wrap up our look at our fantasy football rankings with the tight ends. We'll get into that in our final segment here. Welcome to Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen today. And uh, we'll have for you next week a mock draft spectacular. So Michelle will dive into our picks and our strategies and all that good stuff here. So mock drafting all week long next week on Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, Michelle, it's time to close this week and look at the end of our tight end ranking. So I'll go down yours first. Luke Musgrave at 17. Tyler Higby at 18. Don Kincaid, you mentioned just a few spots lower at 19. Cole Komet at 20, Hayden Hurst at 21, Jake Ferguson 22nd, you have Juwan Johnson down at 23, so a little bit different there, and Michael Mayer is your guy running it out to the rookie from the Raiders at 24. I've got Tyler Higby at 17, so pretty close to yours. Cole Komet at 18, I have Hunter Henry, I like him still, but I'm at 19. We're about even on Hayden Hurst. Michael Mayer, I have up to 21. I've included Irv Smith Jr., and then and thrown out two names that... Uh, you didn't have on the list either Trey McBride and Tyler Conklin. So let's look at the differences here first. Let's start with your two notable guys. And right at the top, number 17, the rookie from the Packers, uh, Luke Musgrave. And then go down a little bit more with uh, Dalton Schultz gone in Dallas. You got like Jake Ferguson. Sell us on those two guys. Yeah, so Luke Musgrave was super talented, tight end, coming out of school. He gets drafted in the second round by the Packers. He's very, very athletic, right? And we didn't know, so coming into camp, we didn't know if it was going to be Luke Musgrave or Tucker Kraft because they drafted both of those guys early in the in the, this year's NFL draft. It seems to be Musgrave has clearly taken the lead there in the tight end room and looks like he can be the starter for the Packers. And with this team being so unknown, be, Jordan Love being so unknown, I think that's kind of the situation where you want to take a chance on because he could be the top target not saying he will be but there is a very clear path for him to do that especially in the end zone right once they actually get yeah. down to a scoring opportunity 
he could definitely be that top guy there. So I'm willing to take a shot on him um, in, in his rookie season. And then Jake Ferguson is a guy I think we all need to just be paying more attention to. He's won pretty much all but one the starting tight end spot in camp. He's taking over the Dalton Schultz role. And we have to remember, it's not like Dalton Schultz was a super special talent. It's not like everyone was like, oh, Dalton Schultz is going to break out. It's like, no, Dalton Schultz was a starter for the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott loves to target the tight end. So with Jake Ferguson going into that role, there's no reason to be like, Ferguson can't be as talented as Schultz. There, It's not like Schultz did anything super special. So I, I think Jake Ferguson is a guy that we're all overlooking and considering or even counting me, I have him at tight end 22. That's probably too low because of the situation he's in. If he starts all year for this team and gets a good amount of snaps, he's going to finish as a top 12 tight end. Maybe bold take, but I don't think so. Yeah, I, I like Jake Ferguson. I'm a little bit worried about, I love saying this guy's name, Peyton Hendershot. I just like that he's a decent athlete and he could uh, get some work in and then we'll see what Luke Schoonmaker does. But you're right, in the camp, Ferguson is separated from those younger tight ends and a little bit more established now that the Wisconsin product. So I do like him. We'll see how it plays out after CD lamb, Brandon cooks. We'll see if Michael Gallup really returns to form. That's going to be the key here with Ferguson. And then I'll look at Musgrave a little bit, but I'm on a wait and see approach. Like I like the upside. I'm just not sure. Like we weren't sure about Christian Watson. We're, Pivoting to Romeo Dubs, Jaden Reed going to be there. I think it's part of the same question marks I have with Watson that uh, you had there that you brought up. So just not sure the pecking order yet with the Packers and Jordan Love. So a little bit of unknown quantity despite the talent being high. So that's my one maybe reservation on going after Musgrave and drafting him. But I do agree with you at Ferguson now. I'll bring up some names, and I think I threw them in here mainly so we could talk about them. Because um, I'm look, I'm not going to wait till 22 to probably get my tight end, but I've got Irv Smith Jr., Trey McBride, and Tyler Conklin. Now, Irv Smith, I just mentioned because this guy was a pretty touted guy going for the Vikings and just didn't work out. They eventually had to cut ties and trade for Hawkinson. They just didn't work out. He couldn't stay healthy on the field, but he flashed. He's got the very good skill set here that can stay on the field as a blocker. So I do like Irv Smith potential. We've seen flashes, however, only of uh, CJ Uzama and other guys in this offense. So I, I think you just have to temper expectations. I don't think you're going to get too much, but he's a really cheap tight end. He plays with Joe Burrow, and uh, he's going to be right there behind Tyler Boyd as a target he's going to look at from time to time. Now, Trey McBride, I just think this guy is – talent and we'll see how it plays out with him and Ertz and just a little bit of a hunch there and Tyler Conklin I wanted to bring him up just because he's a little bit of an afterthought he kind of uh, flashed when he was in Minnesota before he got that contract with the Jets he got a terrible quarterback situation of course last year now he gets Aaron Rodgers Conklin was the right there at tight end 16 so that says that he's going to maybe outperform what he's doing right now with his uh, ranking so Conklin is a good offense. I think there'd be a separation there. Speaking of Uzama, I think he's the guy they look at more in the passing game. And there's not a lot that you feel. After you look at Garrett Wilson and Aaron Al Lazard, Corey Davis, can we trust him? I'm not quite sure. So there's a little bit of the opening there in the passing game. And we know Aaron Rodgers, they like to use 12 personnel with uh, Nathaniel Hackett. He likes throwing the tight end. He liked Robert Tunyon quite a bit. So Conklin, a little bit of a deep sleeper for me at 24. And really, Smith and McBride, a little bit of flyers and hunches, but Conklin is the guy I feel maybe the best about. 
Yeah, I think you may have talked me into Tyler Conklin a bit. I, I think I am overlooking him with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, it feels like Aaron Rodgers has so many weapons to use, but does he really? It's it's Garrett Wilson. And then, yeah, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Corey. Like, it's all got, it's not like those are like super elite players there, right? So yeah. Tyler Conklin could definitely be utilized a lot. Uh, in this offense and Aaron Rodgers has targeted his tight ends, especially near the goal line. So Tyler Conklin is one that, you know, if you're waiting forever for a tight end or if it's a two tight end league, maybe you consider taking him there. I really have zero desire on Irv Smith or Trey McBride. Like I, yeah. I'm completely out. I just threw it out. <laughs> Irv Smith. Snort worthy. <laughs> Irv Smith <laughs> might have some like Hayden Hurst had some decent games with the, with the Bengals last year, but he was more like a streamer. If it's like an amazing matchup for the tight end position, fine, but I'm not touching him in the draft. Yeah. I think this is our first snort of this. Yeah. <laughs> I, first snort. I, I I'm going to start may... taking tallies now. How many times can I make Vinny snort? We're going to just count them. Throughout the year. <laughs> but just like I may have talked you into Tyler Conklin, you may have talked me out of first Smith. So uh, it's fair. I think that's fair. If we're going to look at good, it there. Good. So, <laughs> um, we also have two guys we love. Is I love a litter of names, and these are uh, game names you look at for sure. Uh, it, it's trying to say these these names uh, several times fast. It's hard here. Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, Hurst, Hayden Henry, Hunter. You could call them anything with these guys, but they're back to back in my rankings. I probably did that for the purposes of this bit. <laughs> but when you look at it with Hayden Hurst, uh, let's let's talk about him first because. Again, you look at Bryce Young, he's a young quarterback. Who's he throwing to? I mean, we'll see about Jonathan Mingo, if he can have a key role here. But DJ Chark has to stay healthy. Adam Thielen has to stay healthy. I saw a little bit of connection there in that first preseason game, Young and Hurst. And we know, again, rookie quarterbacks like to target the tight end. So Hurst could have some value. He's had some sneaky value. This guy's like bounced around everywhere trying to find a home to really produce. So that's something to watch. And Hunter Henry... We talked about it. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is the best option. Mike Gusecki is not much of a threat here. What else do they have at receiver? Two years ago, Hunter Henry was a massive red zone target. Went fully healthy here for Mac Jones. So I like these two guys. It's sneaky value. I think at least you can have them in a platoon or stream situation where they're going to give you value. Once you have the data where we know, okay, this team is bad against the tight end. We know how that works, right? That data usually does not let us down come week five, week six. We're rolling and we know what guys to play. Yeah, so with Hunter Henry, I actually like have him as a viable draft pick, right? I have him as my tight end 11. We've talked about him a lot. I think he can get close to 100 targets this year. I think saying that he can get double-digit touchdowns is also in the realm of possibilities. He had nine just just in 2021 with the Patriots. So I I do think he's a viable draft pick. With Hayden Hurst, I have him down at tight end 21. So it's not like I'm saying you should draft him. But I do think he will be someone that can be picked up off waivers from week to week in nice matchups. It's how he was last year with the Bengals. Now, obviously, he's downgrading in offenses going from the Bengals to the Panthers. But he's upgrading his target volume, you would think, because he had to compete with Chase and Higgins with the Bengals. And like you already said, there's really nobody there for Bryce Young. And it does seem like from training camp reports that Bryce Young is targeting Hayden Hurst a lot. So if he he's going to need a lot of targets to be anything in this offense because I don't foresee a bunch of touchdowns. But in right in the correct matchups, I think 
he's going to get seven, eight, nine targets in some games, and he'll be a very viable PPR player in uh, specific weeks. Yeah, so keep those guys in mind. Don't totally forget about them. They've had some history in the past, and keep in mind that uh, they were good at one point and drafted really high for, for the Chargers and the Ravens, respectively, there. So don't forget about that pedigree. And uh, another guy that was drafted pretty high, and uh, look, Cole Komet is there, but the new Notre Dame tight end that I'm going to focus the attention on is Michael Mayer. I really liked Michael Mayer at college. Every time I watched Notre Dame play, he seemed to make a big impact play. He fired up that offense quite a bit. doesn't matter who is a quarterback. So I look at this guy, I mean, there's not much competition. We talked about Jacoby Myers potentially being a target that I kind of like, but uh, do we trust Myers completely? No. And you have Hunter Renfro in the mix. You got Devontae Adams there uh, and some guys that can take away the coverage. And all they have at tight end is Austin Hooper, who seems to be the Hayden Hurst of another uh, dimension here, go switching teams every year. And then you look at uh, just OJ Howard, just a blocking tight end. So these are the guys he has to beat out. He's played pretty well in camp. I think he's worth a flyer. I think the upside is there and uh, might have an easier path than Kincaid to key targets in his offense, much like Laporta. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not all the way there with you. I mean, we're pretty close in our rankings, right? You have him at tight end 21. I have him at tight end 24. It's more just like, yeah, he's a rookie. He has upside and, you know, he's a talented player, but I don't think he's going to get that many targets this year or score more than a, couple touchdowns so i'm not going to think consider drafting him but i'll keep an eye on him and yeah if he comes out in the first few weeks and he starts having good games i will you know put a waiver bid on him or use my fab but in the drafts uh i'm i'm out on michael mayer yeah I'll, i'm gonna watch him for sure just because of the situation everything lines up Jimmy Garoppolo likes George Kittle Josh McDaniels likes his tight end so I think it lines up with there with the situation but we have to see how much they want to use him and again I don't know what you're gonna get from the Raiders passing him exactly in this transition so something to watch there for sure but uh, Michelle I think we did a great job here with the top 24 tight ends on the board and uh, given uh, you fantasy managers something to think about we will give you a lot more to think about next week as we do our mock draft week we'll break down how the picks could play out all the way through the last picks that you can consider in your draft so a lot of uh, good stuff coming at you as we advance scout here for fantasy football for locked on fantasy football this has been Vinny Iyer and I'm Michelle Majuk bye y'all